0: It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. We acknowledge the Ghana people, the traditional owners of the land the upcoming game is played on and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the 2021 AFL Premiership Season on AFL Nation. Pitch on
2: its point, goes over the top of Power Pepper, but it sits for Rosie, who cuts the 50, doubles back, opens it up, exquisite skill, bounces at home. Bontempelli can he get enough on the ball? Oh. oh, yes he can! It's Bontempelli A glorious kick for goal. Minigola releases it to Cameron, he's kicking for six! Jeremy Cameron charging away!
1: hookers down there, three cats
0: jump against him. Stringer's got the crumb, runs, outside of the boot, and he's nailed it. It couldn't be goal of the night with the opening goal of the night, could it? Breaks the tackle, wobbles one. Where are you, buddy? There he is! <laughs> <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. That passing ball, Petraka can... and goal and he'll slot it with ease. Toby Green versus the world and Green still winning. Great strike. Magnificent kick from Joe Danaher. Massive wide smile spread across his face. Welcome to AFL Nation.
2: Melbourne laid down the marker last night in a frightening and joyous preliminary final onslaught. Tonight, the right to face them in a grand final. Port Adelaide at home looking to bury the disappointment of the corresponding occasion last year against the Western Bulldogs, who will hope to harness the momentum and emotion of last week to conquer the mounting odds against them once they've crossed the border into South Australia. It's the second preliminary final from Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide against the Western Bulldogs. Jared Waitley with you on AFL Nation for Athena Home Loans. My excitable little friends are here, Anthony Hudson. <laughs> Hello, stirring memories of last Saturday nights. Oh, yes, what a Saturday night it was. Uh, I have to admit, it was a
3: little bit flat for some periods today, Jared, but uh, after the events of last night, but uh, made sure I made the, the trek up the street to sh- where my Melbourne friends are. <laughs> and they uh, adding to the decorations uh, on the street, which is absolutely fantastic. And uh, unfortunately, with lockdown, it probably restricts uh, what can be done. But uh, if I was Melbourne, I'd get a, a merchandise truck and just drive it around everywhere, and you would just be, you'd sell the lights out like of the it. Like a Dairy Bell truck. Yeah, just get around town wherever you can. Uh, it's just so great for Melbourne people. But similarly for Port Adelaide people, I'm looking at Kane now across uh, the country. He looks like he's got his camouflage gear on. I'm not sure if there's anything <laughs> in that, whether he's he. Expecting that sort of battle tonight, but uh, are we going to get the same as last night, or are we going to get the same as last week? Could the Bulldogs harness the spirit of 2016? This is even harder than anything they faced in 2016. Along the journey, they did it then. Could they do it tonight and next,
2: or in two weeks' time?
4: Nick Del Santo, welcome. A very good evening to you both. Hello, Cornsy. I drove in this morning or this afternoon. Um, Jared and I thought to myself, what sort of game do we want? And there's clearly the game of last night, which I still think had some beauty within it, the the purity of the game and the ball movement that makes it exciting. But I thought to myself, I want what we had here last Saturday night. I want that coming down to final moments that make significant change to your football club for the short term and the long term. Then I thought, how am I going to measure that? It's got to be more than just what I see. And I thought... It has to be the feel that Anthony Hudson gives us. I want to know how many times he gets out of his seat. That's how I'm going to judge tonight's performance. What colour his face goes, Jared, when Zach Bailey breaks through that space and weaves his way through and kicks that goal. It changed colours three or four times because he forgot to breathe. That is how I'm judging tonight's oh, performance, thanks, and it's all no on Hudson. I can't wait. I mean, this is a brilliant weekend of football no matter what. I loved last night for the right reasons, and I just am excited to see what will be tonight
2: where we would all like to be is alongside Cane
5: Corns at Adelaide Oval. Kane, welcome, gentlemen. Jared, um, yeah, it's an interesting sort of weather day. If we want to start on that mm. note, it's really swirly uh, in the ground. They're expecting some showers right on bounce time. So what that means and who that suits, I mean, we can look into to all of that as we preview this match. But I know both teams are really strong around the footy. So if it is that game. Just not sure who that who that suits, but yeah, it's, it's cool conditions here. The Western Bulldogs out now just having a really relaxed sort of just shot on goal. Nothing rigorous about their pre-match warm-up at all. Of course, there's been some issues with them getting onto the ground to train, which Luke Beveridge wasn't happy about and rightly so, but... Uh, they look relaxed. Um, we'll wait for Port Adelaide to come out in a moment. But this place in a couple of hours' time or just under is absolutely going to be rocking. 26,500 will feel like 60 tonight.
2: So our pre-game show is for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. What, what's the mood in the town been over the past few days, Kane, zeroing in on this?
5: Really confident until you sort of watched last night, I think. I, you know, it's, what a position for Melbourne to be in. And, um, you know, we've, we've, Dow's probably been in that position before where you play that Friday night prelim and you get to watch the two teams belt the living suitcase out of each other on the Saturday it's it's perfect for melbourne uh, there's an there's an air of confidence no doubt about what um, ken hinckley his language coming into this game they go in unchanged i think i think that's you know a really settled place to be in sampaul Pepper will be the medical sub again so it's just been the perfect setup for them. They've sat back, they've slept in their own beds, they're well-rested, they've trained hard. Alex Keith is out for the dogs, Pelly, who knows? He may be a little bit sore, although he looked really good. So can they, can they uh, I guess, force off the, the, the pressure that the Western Bulldogs will... They'll, they'll absolutely challenge them tonight. I've got no doubt that Luke Beveridge will come up with a plan and, and we'll get into that in the pre-match. Can Port Adelaide counter that early? And then run out the game um, with their run and speed and ball movement in the second half. I think that will be the plan tonight.
2: So there is a there's a lot to work through here. Michael Voss is going to join us from Port Adelaide, and there are layers of intrigue to the Bulldogs. It's, once the selection mm. sheet landed, break glass in case of emergency for Steph Martin, which really didn't look likely. First full, last full game was April thirty. And what sort of risk is that? Marcus Bontempelli was always going to play. We won't know until probably five minutes into the game how he looks. And then they lose Alex Keith, which nobody knew about until Sam Edmund blew the whistle on it midway through Thursday. You talk about upheaval. And Cody
4: Waitman. Yes. And Cody Waitman, who has a role in that forward line.
2: So it's not at all settled.
4: No, it's not. Which is very Bevo, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not by design in this case. But. No, well, well, first of all, and Kane, joining in. Here. From a player's perspective, we sit here now and analyse all these moving pieces that doesn't make sense to us. What, you know, what do they do with this Steph Martin role, English 4, but what happens when one wants to come off? What do they have to sacrifice? How are they going to score their goals? So we analyse it to death. From a player's perspective, once it's happened, it's happened. So Alex Keith is out. They would have known clearly prior to us. So that's over and done with. We don't speak about how we're going to replace that necessarily from a mental consumption point of view. Who's coming in for him? What role does he play? And then how do we ultimately work around him? So from a player's perspective, you've just got to keep moving. And the moment you stop and reflect and start to think like we probably do, you've missed your moment and you've missed an opportunity to prepare for another game. They'll be embracing these challenges. Now, it gets to a point where you go... And maybe more on reflection, go, gee, those challenges were just too much for us. It just unfortunately was one of those years where it didn't fall into line like it did in 16. But right here, right now, as they're making their way to the ground or having a kick as Kane's just touched on, that that's irrelevant to them. Unfortunately, their, their world and their reality is, what do I need to do? How do I impact the game in a positive way?
5: And I think uh, we heard that from Chris Scott last night. He said, "Look, you know, we've been banged up for six weeks, and we just ran out of we ran out of juice." That that, that could that could well and truly be Luke Beveridge in in four hours' time. He, I could easily um, picture him saying that. Look, we just had we just had too much going against us. But you're right; they're not going to be they're not going to let that enter their their thought process at the moment. I, I think he would wind them up um, in a way that says. This, this is everything going against us. We need one of the great unified performances here. We've been to Victoria, to Tassie, to Queensland, to Perth, to Adelaide. They won't let us even train on the bloody ground. Like He would be, I hope, using all of that, and there's that us against them. They don't want us to be here. Um, so I, I think that's what I would be doing if I was coaching this group, and you wouldn't have to wind them up too tight i don't reckon there's some serious names some serious finals experience in this western bulldogs lineup it's the us against them it's the complete underdog for a spot in a grand final in two weeks and with the week off prior to the grand final i mean who knows what can happen with alex keith and others and and well-rested western bulldogs so but obviously it's a big one to get over the line tonight against the port adelaide side who are are absolutely flying
2: did the local paper deliberately misspell bulldogs
5: on the front page
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is is that what happened
5: I saw That it. wasn't photoshopped.
2: Was it? That, that looked real. I don't
5: no, know. That was definitely real. No, yeah. it was definitely a, a, a misprint. I, I think times are tough at the advertiser's have been a, a number of budget cuts, Jared. So I don't know if it's been <laughs> I don't know if it's been a, just a, a, an editing oversight, the fact they're short staffed, or whether they did so do it. Wasn't it wasn't the
3: but Cheer Squad, was it? Doing bull bog, the bull <laughs> bull bogs,
5: Hutto. So bullbogs bullbogs Hudo. So B U W L B O G S, bullbogs. So that's what that's Good what. Good luck, went to them on the front tonight, Kane. hope they play well. The <laughs> paper today, it's mm. it does feed like this is
2: Luke Beveridge's long suit. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder, all it the is raw material.
3: How hard does he play? It? You sort of alluded to that there, Kane. You'd wind them up, but yeah. he, he probably doesn't need to overdo
4: it either, does he? The, you know? the other one in in these moments is the players are naturally wound up. It's not unusual. We saw the players entering the arena last night. In Perth, and it was extremely calm. Now, I think there's a lot of misinformation and feeling that it's just a big hoo-ha. We have the, the old 1980s pump-up songs, and we all just rush out, and away we go. These players go about it differently, but there's also moments within, particularly the first five minutes, where you need to go the other way. You need to calm it down. You need to have a calming influence, hence the leadership, hence getting your hands on the football early and just having that moment to take a breath an easy way into the game. But, I mean, we also know that Luke Beveridge is famous for having... Themes throughout the week. Yeah. So, I wonder what that one is for him this week.
2: So, layers of intrigue on both sides of it. Let's start with Port Adelaide's uh, senior assistant coach, Michael Voss. Vossy, great to have you on AFL Nation. Gentlemen, it's all you've been a veteran of these things, player and coach. You walk into a preliminary final, does it still have that, that momentous feel to it?
1: Oh, it's uh, so exciting um, to, be, to be here and uh, they just take such an enormous amount of work. You you never take for granted uh, playing in them. Um, you know, last year we were obviously so disappointed with the with the loss. We played our hearts out, but couldn't get the job done. And uh, we find ourselves uh, back at the same venue and different opponent. But um, you know, obviously uh, feel like we can go. Uh, that one more step, at least we hope so we can.
4: Vossi, is there a sense that off the learnings that you had last year that this is a better group that's better prepared, even having the week off, that there's a sense of, I guess, calmness within the group about what they're about to go through?
1: Yeah, I think whenever you experience something for the first time, and we had a large majority of our group that were experiencing finals um, for the first time last year... Um, So, the fact that we've actually gone through that and been exposed to it, there is, when you have an awareness to it, it certainly does um, bring composure. Um, But you're never too sure exactly what each game brings. Every final is so much different in the way that you feel and the opponent you're playing and the occasion itself and what it all means. So, you know, I guess until the ball's bounced, um, you're never 100% too sure. Uh, how you handle the situation, but uh, we do feel like we are really ready for this uh, for this moment.
4: What's been the preparation, like ultimately having the week off, watching a lot of football last weekend, how has the group been approached to have some time off to mentally refresh, but then ultimately build up for this moment?
1: Well, it's the old uh, advantage you used to get um, when teams keep pl- kept playing and you had the weekend off and you could utilise it to rest the mind and, and also rest the body, and it's amazing when you don't have an opponent, how much you feel like you can rest the mind. Um, but then come Saturday night when you know your opponent, you just get that knife into the into the ribs again and mm-hmm. um, you get back on edge. So we've used it for that. Um, we've used the first week as uh, a bit of rest, trained really hard on Saturday and then had our normal prep that we would uh, any other week of the year.
5: Were you surprised they selected Stefan Martin Vossi?
1: No, we weren't. Um, there was certainly enough noises the last time we played in round 23 that he might come in. Um, so and given the, the uh, advantages we got uh, around the ball last time, um, we, we thought that they might have gone in a different direction. But, but again, I, I've had some time with Steph um, back in Brisbane and um, he's a beast. Uh, he's, uh, it won't be because he's not prepared his body uh, for the battle. So uh, we expect a pretty competitive uh, person in that regard.
5: The area of advantage I think you have is your smalls, and we even saw Charlie Cameron get a hold of them last week. How, how do you maximise that strength of yours?
1: Well, they're all going to have to take their turn. I mean, I mean, with any good midfield or any forward line, um, you know, is dependent on, um, you know, the depth that you have, and if uh, one can pop up, and obviously Fantasia was the um, benefit from the last game that we played and was able to hit the scoreboard, but... Uh, We feel like any one of those guys on the ground can actually uh, have impact at the right time. So when you have those threats, um, it just means it makes a little bit harder for the smalls to come off and aerially assist and um, probably get in the way of our tools. So, um, yeah, if we get on the deck, um, yeah, hopefully we can create that pressure and obviously hit the scoreboard at the same time.
4: Vossi, one of the threats from the dogs is the amount of football that they get, particularly through the midfield. Now, I would assume that if it's not damaging port and you are in a comfortable position then it's not a concern when does it become a tipping point that McRae's is getting far too much football or Hunter or Pally? do you have a not a plan B but just a the switch to flick when those moments are just getting out of control yeah certainly we do um you know I guess the markers are dependent on a number of things
1: um you know the biggest one of all of course is how you're going as a team and Um, Is it worthwhile making that switch? And if you're already taking care of someone, then you've got to make that judgment whether it's worth uh, uh, putting it to somebody else and and giving them attention. But, um, you know, first and foremost, I think it's um, how you're going as a group. Um, If you make a decision like that to be able to make that tactical change, uh, you know, what impact will it have and and the way that we're going. So um, it's on the radar. They've got enough guys. Um, You know, they're all terrific midfielders and we know how... um, you know, how uh, how much depth they've got through that part of the ground. So uh, Mids will have their hands full for sure.
5: What do you think they'll do with Aaliyah? Uh, is, is there the possibility someone could tag him as a forward? Possible.
1: Um, I guess if you look at a couple of different strategies that have used throughout the year, I mean, Sydney had uh, Haywood that gave him a fair bit of attention and mm. just sat on his back shoulder and just kept bumping into him and making it pretty hard. What, what I would say is that um, throughout the year, I think, you know, the early part of the year, Aaliyah relied on being able to get separation on his opponent to be able to get his intercepts. He's become stronger across the year about winning that contested ball, that, you know, that, you know in a marking situation, um, plus come up his man and be able to assist when he needs to. So, um, you know, if he gets someone paying him attention, then we feel like he can still do what he needs to be able to do for us to obviously uh, launch some of our attacks.
5: I reckon their wings are really important, Vossi, for their structure. Uh, Bailey Smith plays a bit high half-forward, bit of wing, and, and Lockie Hunt is more predominantly a wing. Do, do you back your own structure in with your wingers, or are you wary of how they set up the ground offensively and defensively?
1: No, we have to be mindful of it. Um, you know, Clearly, if we're going to get the game on our terms, uh, how deep they get back and support um, their defence is, is important. Uh, it's obviously an important part of their game to, to get the ball in motion and um, and really challenge you the other way. So, no, it's a big night for our for our uh, for our wings. Um, you know, we got beaten a little bit on the outside the last time we played as well when they held their width. So, uh, we've got to be careful. There's a couple of little things that we just have to make sure we keep in mind. And, and certainly their ability to get back and support is uh, is one of those.
4: Fossey, I want to go back to that round 23 game and that last quarter was superb from a port perspective. What do you change, or, or do you once again back in your system, or have you learned something specific from that matchup, which is only a month ago? that you need to correct or change for tonight's game? Well, we'd like to be more accurate earlier.
1: (laughs) uh, That that would would help us. Uh, We kicked 1-8 in the first half, and um, I can't remember the exact score now, but 8-4 I think it was in the second half. So um, you just can't afford in finals to give mini-runs to teams, and um, they're able to get four goals on the scoreboard before we really got ourselves going. So... Um, yeah, we certainly can't afford that but we understand that also the dogs will get some dominance at, at periods of time it's their ability to be able to hold and have some resilience in those moments and, and then be able to get our turn and, and maximise as, as best we can but uh, uh, we were able to take a few things off from last time, we are actually really pleased with the way that we played um, around the ball with our shape, the way that we defended and took their, um, took their ball in motion away from them um, if we got a few more of those things tonight I think we'd walk away pretty happy
5: I'm interested in how you're going. I don't want to get too personal, but I mean, going through a coaching process at, at Collingwood seemed so exhaustive, but also trying to win a premiership, which you're so determined to do at Port Adelaide yourself. How have you handled the workload of both aspects and, and how are you holding up after perhaps missing out? Oh, fine. Um, look, you, you, uh, you put your hand up. I thought it was important. Uh, where you
1: feel, you're ready to, to do those things. So you, you throw your, your name or hat in the ring. And, um, name of the in the hat, I should say. Get that the right way. Um, and, uh, and you know, you, you put your best uh, foot forward to try and win it, and it wasn't won, and, and so you, you're focusing on the job. And um, and that's what we've been able to do. I mean, Ken's been fantastic support, so's uh, so CD They've been um, such a great support for me, but um, certainly there's no deviation on what we need to do now. It's all about what we've got to do tonight and hopefully moving forward, and, and that's, uh, uh, that's obviously to get the, the win in the end.
5: Out of interest, I mean, you've you've been through it before. What what was this one like? It seemed exhaustive. This Collingwood one.
1: No, it wasn't as exhaustive as perhaps um, from my end. Um, but uh, but there is certainly a, if you had to, um, you know, reflect a little bit. It does take up some some mental energy um, to be able to sort of think about um, how it's run, um, how you think that you win, what you want to be able to present. Um, but I, I always use it as a really great opportunity to be able to grow and anytime that you can have a chance to sit down and reflect on your own philosophies and how you lead and you know what would your program actually look like I think it's a, just a really worthwhile exercise uh, to do and I think it only just strengths about what you believe in and, and what you would do in the same instance but you know I'm really lucky here in that um, you know Kenny's just put so much trust in the people around him that you get a lot of flexibility to do what you want to do, and um, and in partnership with the rest of the coaches, you you do get to put a lot of things in place that you've sort of got a vision on, and you believe it will work. And um, I think that's the strength of any uh, coaching group and any program.
2: So, are you in the Carlton process, Michael?
1: Oh, it's not, not really for me to comment on whether yeah. uh, whether I am or not. Um, you know, obviously, as you can appreciate the the main concern I've got right now today is as to a, as a talk to you is what this game holds for us and. There is absolutely nothing else on my radar outside of making sure that we get the job done tonight.
3: Vossi, just one thing from your playing days. Did preliminary finals, did they feel like different matches? And psychologically, is there stuff from there that you that is still relevant to how a player might be thinking tonight?
1: Oh, well, there is in these games um, because the intensity is, um, is just so significant. And, you know, it's probably the first time in the season um, – where the, where the consequences are absolute. And, um, you know, to be able to work your way through that from a mindset point of view and still be able to put composure on it, um, you know, really important stages of the game, it's, um, that's maybe the biggest battle that you face. And, um, you know, if we can stay in that composure and we can stay connected as a group, then you've got a chance to be able to, you know, stay connected with each other and be able to execute. And, um, and uh, that's what it's going to require all of us to do is be able to stay connected, stay together, Make sure we continue to execute even when it gets big. Good luck
2: for tonight, Vossie. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time, guys. Michael Voss, uh, assistant coach at at, uh, Port Adelaide. The hardest player I ever played on
4: was Michael Voss. (laughs) And I I know he was extremely calm and he's sitting in a different position now where he's there to support the players and that's his whole responsibility as he gets ready. But he said, "Well, he, that little knife in the ribs again. That mm. moment of okay, this is about to get serious. And we're playing for big stakes here, and if we lose, we're going home. If we don't, we continue on. That that means something, and I don't think Fossey can get away from those competitive juices that he 2002
3: has." 2002 Grand Final, he was unbelievable. You know, mm. Bucks won the won the medal because they had to give the give it, you know, five minutes out or ten minutes out. But he was just indestructible that day.
4: Was that the one with this Scotty Burns bump on him? We went back yes. after yeah, him. The yeah, goal yeah. from the goal line. Yeah. Uh, sorry, from the boundary line. Yeah, he was. I mean, what a
3: player! He was a brute. What a, what a, and you know, to have the injuries he had, the badly broken leg, and come back. He kicked the goal from about seventy-five meters <laughs> out of right. the gabber. What a leader! Did
5: oh. you ever tag him, Kane? I didn't. It was more. It was more Simon Black. But he used to him and Jonathan Brown used to just come after you like you you make you feel really uncomfortable it was that annoying tagger? Jonathan Brown used to line up at centre half forward the back of the days we used to be able to run off the line at the centre bounce and basically clean anyone up he said next centre bounce I am going to if you go anywhere near Simon but I'm going to run off the line I'm going to kill you (laughs) and I as a you know, third, fourth players, you know, 78 kilos, you got this big steam train coming towards you. They, they were the most intimidating side Absolutely. I've ever played against. I think we played a prelim final against them in 2002 at the Gabba, and they just just destroyed us. There was no more intimidating ground to go and play than the Gabba when the Lions were up and running in those early 2000s. In and I,
3: I think when Geelong – and you were about the same as Geelong in an age demographic coming through, and the Lions were – yeah, it was in the last couple of years yeah. of their dominance. It was men against boys. They were. Yeah, yeah. They, you could see the talent of those, you and Geelong, coming up. But it's almost like they just had to say boo. Yeah. And it was just, in, in,
4: in my second or third year, Grant Thomas sent me to Michael Voss for a learning experience, clearly knowing I wasn't up to it. And Michael Voss said to me at the first set of bounce, if you touch me, I will punch you. <laughs> and he was true to his word for the whole game. In the old days where the ball would be bounced and the ruckman would come from distance, as my eyes would keep an eye on the football, I'm up looking for the ruckman's tap. I'd get a whack in the guts, <gasps> winded, and off goes Michael Voss with the football. <laughs> time and time again.
5: Could you, can you see him coaching again, Kane? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, so can I. I really yeah, I strongly. Just, same. He just he's got that aura about him. That was that. So when he did come to the club, it was sort of the back end of my career at Port Adelaide. It, it was the aura for me. So he he walks into a room and commands the room. So when he When he's talking, everyone's listening. And that's an intangible, isn't it, when you've got a a leader of that caliber. But what he has done really well is go and develop himself in other areas. So he he would run the leadership program one year, then the next year he'd be coaching the midfield, then the next year he'd be managing the coaches as almost like a coaching director. So he's done all of these things to add to his resume. Now, he's getting really close. I'm not... uh, I wonder what feedback he has been given, if any, of the the processes that he has missed out on because he's getting down to the last two or three. There's a lot of people going for not many jobs, as mm. we know, but absolutely I can see him coaching again. A
4: question I don't know the answer to, but if Michael Voss is not to get the job like he did at Collingwood, for example, is it his philosophy and game plan that isn't what they want or is it specific to that club? Will he have to go away and change... His philosophy and his game plan, or is it just he's got to find the right fit for that? Hard to know, isn't it? Mm.
3: And Carlton will be, you know, almost by his non answer, you suspect he's like, Well, I'm not going to go to you. He's almost at the stage now where he needs to know he's at least going to be the last one or two to, to go for it, I
4: reckon.
2: Experience the convenience of buying your new Hyundai online with Hyundai's Click to Buy. It's easy to compare models, configure your Hyundai, and make a deposit online through the secure Click to Buy process. Search Hyundai. Click to buy for details. we we'll get Nick Del Santo and Kane Corns to give their assessment of Melbourne next on AFL Nation for
0: Athena. Oh You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club.
2: See, that's magnificent. Yes. So tracker on the burst, steps back inside, gives it to Gord. Mm-hmm. Willie from 55. Mm-hmm. He will, he can, he does. And right by Gord, he's done it again. Oh, he's
0: kicked he's... his fourth. <laughs> he has taken it to the
2: absolute max. Past the rivers, flowing by, and he dumps it deep in the Gorn direction. He couldn't again, could oh. he? he does. Oh. He's never played a quarter like it. Contested mark in a pack of five,
1: and everyone celebrates. Yeah,
2: he might end the night as the mayor of Perth. Max scorn the way this is going, oh he's put
0: through his fifth.
2: Max Gawn defined last night. Welcome back to AFL Nation for Athena Home Loans. Is Melbourne booked Basil's their place in happy the grand final?
3: He's not happy,
2: <laughs> and Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs tonight. So Jared Whitley and Anthony Hudson with you, Kane Corns and Nick Del Santo. Um, let's hear before we delve in. Max, Gorn, the Melbourne captain speaking today.
6: Oh, that was just special to play in front of sixty thousand. It's been a long time between playing in front of sixty thousand. Last time was maybe Anzac Eve, which was round five or six, and that was um, pretty special back then. I've just been waiting for that crowd to come back, and we've had to come over the other side of Australia to get it done. But um, yeah, that was that was a pretty special feeling. Yeah, I wasn't expecting um, the sea of red and blue that I saw. Um, I just had a feeling it'll be a bit 50-50, a couple of neutrals, but um, yeah, the Melbourne supporters really turned out. Um, I know of a lot of uh, Melbourne supporters that are actually members that live in Perth, um, and then also South Australia and Tasmania. Some people have made the travel. I know Benny Brown's family are making their way over. Alex Neil Bullen's mum was front line of the cheer squad last last night, so um, they've, they've come from far and wide to be here. Unfortunately, the Eastern states um, aren't aren't here, and. I would say majority of our supporters are probably in those states, and um, we do feel for those guys. But um, we're, the, the other states and the Melbourne supporters in those states, are definitely lapping it up.
2: The man who's looking to become the first Melbourne captain since Ron Barassi, Kane and Dal. What did you make of the D's last night?
5: It was the best I've seen any team play this year. I think it was just when it's one of those one-off games of your career where everything is just working and you're all on the same page. I mean, just a couple of those Christian Petrarca handballs over the back of his head, hitting Oliver in stride. I mean, their, their stoppage work, they kicked 101 points from stoppage. like Far out. That's, it's, it's unbelievable stuff. And then to have a player like Max Gorn, whose career best goals before that was three. He's kicked 70 career goals going into that. He's not a goal kicker. Stand up and kick five. Uh, as I'm going to sign early. Dow wasn't there when Ben Brown's ta- Ben Brand, Ben Brown has sticky hands. Yep. It's it's going to be a good night. And uh, I just look at their list management and their recruiting and think I've hardly put a foot wrong really from from trading Watts out and getting Bailey Fritch in from that point on. Rivers and Petty and, and obviously the, m- the more well-known ones like the drafting of their players and Lee and Maver. Uh, sorry, Lever <laughs> and May. Um, a few people have done that recently. Not a bad player, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got sucked in as well. It just all worked. And, I mean, that is was a pretty intimidating performance, I thought.
4: The early signs for me that stood out was coming out the front of the stoppages. Now, you look at Geelong. They were, they looked like they were the ones that were going to the Ds, particularly that 1st centre bounce. Joel Selwood goes over and stands next to Clayton Oliver. Now, was that set? you would assume so, but it instantly and quickly became manipulated where they were getting exactly what they wanted, the Ds. They took everything off the Cats last night, but they gave nothing in return. They were devastating in defence. They gave nothing. Space, time, multiple options were all gone. Then on the flip side, particularly coming out of stoppages out the front and the pressure that that put on their defence. So I I was so impressed from just a purity, you know, this is not to kick you along while they're down, but just the purity of the Ds last night and once again, putting your players hat on for a moment and being in similar situations, all you want to do is play your role. And we've heard that so much in every week, let alone a final. You have those butterflies inside and you what can I control? I can control my effort. I just want to play my role. And, you know, a good, solid game. But then you get those games like last night. Max Gorn could not have dreamt of that. Like, he should have bought a Tats Lotto ticket because he would have won it clearly last night by and, and cashed in. It was just incredible. And then that momentum that... Tom McDonald snapping around, one around his body, you know, hasn't had a huge impact for a long time. Then all of a sudden it just becomes infectious and the waves were rolling time and time again. So I just loved it as a whole. But when you have the captain leading from the front, there's doing things that a lot of small people can't do, you know things are going well. I'm
3: fascinated now from whoever wins tonight, how they're going to plan against Melbourne, because it seemed to me, broadly speaking, over the last month, the teams have waxed as to who they've put the attention in. Last night, Geelong, I think we're able to blunt Oliver a little bit because he's been the most dynamic player. But Petrarca was incredible. Mm. Not that they didn't have plans to stop him, but ha- how would you choose How would you choose if you can only choose one or, or do you choose both or do you in the end do you choose none oh. and you just say we're going to have to have a crack With what we've got. Well, I think what you just
4: said is why they are such a good team. And the Dogs have been that team. So if you are prepared to shut down one, then you've got to give up something. And that means, for example, Jackson McRae gets off the chain tonight. And then if you try and minimise that damage... Bonson Pally gets that extra yard but Specifically
3: Melbourne. Like, yeah, well, and Kane. What, what, what do you think here? If, if it's Well, either team, but whoever plays Melbourne, how do you go about trying to nullify them to some degree?
5: I think they've got the personnel to be smart enough on how to do it. So let's go with Port Adelaide. Willem Drew is, is now to the point where he can go to Oliver if Petrarca gets off the chain. He can sort of say, well, he's the most dangerous at the moment, so I'm going to go there and you do that. But... Hutto, I thought Viney was unbelievable yeah, last Yeah, he was. The Second best quarter particularly. Oh, he's, best game I've seen him play in, in ages, Jack Viney. So that, that's an absolute bonus for them. And then if it's the dogs, you've got Dunkley to play, to play that role. In Who the would you end, go
4: to, Kane? If it's you, I'd, I'd go that you to, use, I'd go down to Oliver. Okay.
5: Yeah, if, if it's Dunkley or Willem, I'd, I'd go Oliver. I think he's been the most devastating of those and he's more your pure so if Petrarca gets settled he can go forward, which then sort of messes your structure a little bit. But for me it's more about your attitude to move the footy against Melbourne. You have got to come in with a, a real attitude to run them into the ground to to take some risks through the middle of the ground. Yep, you're gonna turn a few over, but what Geelong served up with, you know, fifty odd marks last night, they just played exactly how Melbourne wanted them to play. Whoever gets through is going to – and if it's the Bulldogs, nice, you can go with hands and take them on in that way. Port Adelaide's the same. You can't play safe because is they're there the best a game, defensive
3: team. Is there a game from this year? Yeah, I mean, Adelaide was the surprise earlier in the year. Is there a game where you go, well, let's, let's do what they did that night?
4: Mm. Well, I, Col- I think Col- there's bits and pieces Collingwood's one games.
5: Was, Collingwood's one was as good as anyone, yeah. the, the, the Buckley game. Um, so so that's, that's the one that I'd have a look at. What I did say going to last night's game was, you, you know, Melbourne aren't going to blow you away because they haven't been a, a high-scoring <laughs> side. Now, you look stupid because Max Gorn comes out and kicks five, but you could, you wouldn't think that is. You, no. They're not going to play that well again. I, I'm, I don't reckon they'll play that well again. So they, they don't blow you away and they they keep you in the game enough. Um, but all year, and Jared, you've spoken about this all year. They've been the best set up. From the three facets of the game all year, and and it doesn't you know it doesn't lie in finals. I just will say though, I'm not sure the week off helps them. Yeah. A, they would just love to yes. have a an extra day, have the team that's playing tonight travel to Perth, and then roll straight in with the momentum they've got. The, the week off's a disaster for them, I reckon. I don't think it's it's going to help them at all.
4: The other one is you need to have three key forwards. If you've got them in in your stocks, you can hold three forwards, and that forces Jake Lever to be accountable to some degree. And if if they don't want to play Lever on that someone the equivalent height, then you can expose him through. That means Petty or someone else will have to roll over and play at a position and therefore probably a little bit shorter.
5: There is one genius thing they do in the coaches' box, and I first noticed it when Melbourne played Port Adelaide here and we did that game, and you saw it. They actually identified it on the Channel 7 coverage last night. Max Gorn, I mean, he kicked five, but he also goes back and plays on Hawkins. So he actually plays on Hawkins for two, three minutes. He senses that, so that allows May to go free. He did it with Dixon here when Melbourne beat Port Adelaide on on, on, on him, and, and they had no answers for Stephen may, so they 're going to have to come up with something for that because of his aerobic ability to get back and then forward that 's a tactic they 've used so well, so just on your measure, are they hot favorites
2: for the flag in your mind Kane are they so regardless of who they 're up mm. against like,
5: like they were white hot last night. What does it look like in forecasting? I guess it depends a bit what we see tonight doesn 't it? Mm. Uh, I think like it, it depends how clinical the victor is tonight, but often. And you go back through the history, often there's a blowout prelim and there's a close one. And it doesn't often correlate to the grand final. As I, just, I remember we beat, we smashed North Melbourne mm. in the 2007 prelim and Treadre and my brother were carrying on and we, and Geelong just get through. We got smashed the next week. And that's been the case a couple of times. Like Mel, uh, Hawthorne just get through in 2014 and then easily account for Sydney the following week. I'm just not sure. I think it's going to be reasonably even. Melbourne will start favourites, obviously, but reasonably even on the day um, when it comes to
3: it. Do you reckon that, I mean, notionally Port have got um, a better place to be able to challenge them because of all the difficulties the Dogs have. But, you know, the Bulldogs did beat them that second time around this year at the MCG. So Mm. they get through tonight and Keith comes back and plays and bonds fit by the grand final, can we we mount a case for them to be able to challenge them? We'll have
4: to mount a case. I think the easier case is clearly Port with what they've currently got in the challenges that we touch on their forward half and their diversity and variety, particularly at ground level. So I think for a better spectacle from what we sit here right now knowing, I'd say it's probably Port.
2: Dall came tonight, our experts for car sales. Sell your car the hassle-free way with car sales instant offer. Let's just hear from Stephen May, who spoke uh, with the club today
6: there's no there's no chance of missing that um uh, no of course we would have to do what's best for the team but um i'm super confident in, in my body know my body pretty well now um it's been in really good uh shape this year um the strength in my hamstrings and in my own confidence in my body is, is at an all-time high so um i think last night was just a bit more of a nervy scare um but uh it's the business as usual come monday i guess Was he playing guitar Yes,
2: he was (laughs) an unusual approach to it. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk the cats in a moment's time and what they do next. Hey, Tyler's Beaumont Tiles have what you need. You know, Beaumont's are here to help, and they have helped Josh Bauer from Beaumont Tiles Norwood in Adelaide to keep his business going, and they can help you too. How's this for a helping hand from Beaumont Tiles? You can win a share of 100 grand's worth of RLA waterproofing grouts and glues that's right, 100 grand's worth of materials could be yours. Shop at Beaumont's or jump onto Iconwin.com.au to enter. Shortly, we're going to speak with the Meat Baines, the Bulldogs chief executive, as well. They've been through a lot uh, to get to the venue tonight and to get set, so we'll dig into that and also the disrupted week they've had on a number of fronts. So AFL Nation is giving you the chance to nominate someone to win two 2022. 20, AFL Silver Club memberships thanks to Coles Insurance. Visit iconwin.com.au.
0: You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club.
5: Over a long period of time found a way to recover from difficult situations and I think we're in that situation again where we've got a choice to make. We can roll over or we can take the time we need to regroup we were pretty battered towards the end of the season, really, not just the last couple of weeks, but probably the six weeks leading into the into the final series. I'm proud of the way our guys endured, and we just completely ran out of steam by tonight.
2: Chris Scott's assessment last night. Welcome back to AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Win tiling products for a year. au. Tom Morris has just uh, published a story that reads, A virus that swept through a section of Geelong's playing group forced the club to warn the AFL of mass late changes on Friday night. Uh, Fox Footy understands at least six Geelong players were ill in the two days leading up to the club's preliminary final belting. It's believed club doctors became so concerned with the health of half a dozen players, Geelong felt it had no choice but to notify the AFL, which is an interesting little postscript to the evening, but doesn't do anything to change the broader conversation. So the broader conversation, Kane. where do you sit on... So what do the Cats do next?
5: I think it's important to note that I don't you know, I don't criticise at all what they've done. I just think it's one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. I mean, No-one's been able to compete for the best part of 15 years like they have done. We probably knew it was in, inevitable that it was going to get to this point. I perhaps didn't think it was going to be this ugly. They, they, at one stage throughout the year, they looked unstoppable. They, they came to this very ground and, and beat Port Adelaide when Hawkins and and Cameron and the like got a hold of them. I thought this, this is this is the team of the year. They're, they're my flag favourite. So I didn't expect it to capitulate like it did. Um, but now I'm not sure what they can do. I, I, I don't know. What, what what levers do they have to pull? They've got 11 30-year-olds played last night. Most of them are contracted. Some of them two big contracts. What draft picks do they have? Well, none. So what, what, do you, what other option do you have but to go again?
4: Yeah, I just going back to your original point, I feel like you do, Kane. There's gonna be a lot of people that are kicking the, the cats while they're on their way down. I think we need to take a moment actually appreciate what they've been for a period a long, long period of time. So as a player, all you want is the opportunity to be able to compete and a legitimate chance to think if we do what we need to do that we have every chance and every right to win the flag. And they've put themselves in that position. So I've got no issue with them going, I mean they've been pot committed for years. You know, they go out and get a three three more plays off the back of last season. I love their braveness, and I think if you're one of their supporters, as disappointed as you are waking up this morning, I think you also need to say thank you for what has been an incredible journey. So what do they do now, Kane? It is a great question. I I honestly don't know because I feel like we've had a similar conversation. Maybe this is as firm as it's been at the end of any season in the last five to ten years. You think, well, they can't go again. I think they need to find a way and generate, you know, Guthrie's just found a four-year deal, which is interesting in its own right. Uh, Mitch Duncan, Menengola, Blixarves. And I was trying to go through their list and say, well, I'd say Salwood is a non-negotiable. He's not going anywhere. And I think if Joel was asked or tapped on the shoulder, then he's done. I, I can't see this being the Hawthorne drip feed with some of their very best players for a long period of time. So I sort of was trying to go to that next level. Who might have some actual value in the open market? Who can they afford to give away without giving away all of your leadership and the culture that has been there and what they've been built on for such a long time? I don't know what their answer is because they've... Def- defied the system for so long. So I don't know where they go from here. And even a few of Chris Scott's comments last night, it didn't – and I and I thought he actually handled himself really well and he even stopped himself a couple of times by saying this is the wrong time to answer that, which I thought was brilliant. But there's something about Chris Scott that says, no, nah, we're different to everybody else and that is our point of difference as well. So I will be intrigued how the next couple of months look for them, Jared.
5: Mm. He might say he might say, "Well, we'll get Tom Stewart back. We're going to play ten games at GMHBA. HBA. We'll, we'll give ourselves a chance again." But what what did kill them? Uh, Hutto was the was the Giants matching that deal. I mean, so if, if they could have, I, got I totally
3: agree. Yeah. Jeremy
5: Cameron under the rules, which they're they're probably designed, aren't they? Like they're probably designed to get a really good compensation pick, and then they go to the draft with what well, well, I can't fifteen and twenty and, and one other, and you think, well, okay, there's three young kids that we can replenish and um, and." We're not too bad, but that absolutely killed them.
3: To me, that was the moment. The Jeremy Cameron moment was the time for them to reset. Now, I totally understand recruiting Jeremy Cameron because mm. he is a, an outstanding player. Is he? Was he the right fit for Geelong beyond the one or two years where he's going to be working with Hawkins for what they had to give up? That's the. That's what they had mm. to. Now, obviously, as Kane said, they didn't really anticipate that they'd have to give that match up. And they'd kind of committed to him, so that's the difficulty. And you add the Higgins pick, which hasn't really worked out either. So they, the Tim Kelly moment was the moment that they probably was a bit of a gift to them, and he was a great selection. He turned into an outstanding player. They drove a sensational bargain with West Coast. That was the moment to replenish the list. Mm. Then they made the call to go for Jeremy Cameron, which is totally understandable. And yep. Again, it's hard to criticise because at his best, He transforms their team and we saw that their best footy of the year against Fremantle, against um in the middle of the year against Richmond that quarter where he and Gary Rowan and particularly just absolutely dominated. I mean, you can see what the the upside is for it, so it's totally understandable. But the risk is where they're now at. Is that what can they do other than just around the edges try to, you know, see what value they can get in some of their young kids if if they don't, if the, you know, they've shown their hand a bit with some of the kids that they haven't played this year. So, other than, as Kane said, other than giving up a player, one of their leaders who, whose value He's you'd have not to get questioned, yeah, yeah, yeah. right now because of their age profile, there's not
4: much they can do. Kane, how would you feel if you're one of these younger players that has just been waiting for your opportunity? You look at someone like a Jordan Clark, for example, Constable, where you're saying, oh, oh, I'm, "I'm a good, oh, yeah, I'm a good AFL player. I just need that opportunity." Would you be hanging around now knowing that this list you think will be changing? Is that the message that Geelong would be saying to those players? Or would you be saying, thank you, I've done my apprenticeship, I haven't played enough footy, I've got to go somewhere else?
5: Probably, everyone's different. I, it's hard to speak. For, if it was me, I'd be looking for opportunities. And if I hadn't had them yet at Geelong, I wouldn't think they are going to come. So I'd be looking for the most opportunities that I could get is what I would do. But, but Geelong, like Clark, Constable, Quinton, you're not going to get much for them. Like They're not even they're not even in the, in the team, some of them. So I'm not sure what value they would get for it. The, the discussion around list management from an AFL standpoint, I reckon, is interesting. So if this was – say this was an NBA team, you would probably trade um, you know, Blixarves. You'd probably trade Guthrie, Duncan. You'd almost gut the place and then start the rebuild. And but you, you trade can do them. that in basketball. It's exactly. much harder in football. That's what I'm saying, Hutto. So the point is, should it get to a point where – AFL clubs can trade contracted players and we've, we have this discussion every year but I just it doesn't sort of seem right that Lockie Neal with two years to go can say I'm out of here I'm done and, and the, if he really wanted to go he would have got where he wanted to go but clubs don't have the same power to be able to do that now the AFL Players Association would never allow that to happen but that been said that there's nothing that they've really got left to, to stand on other than to go again. But it gets to a point like North Melbourne, who go to two prelim finals, and then last year they turn over 15 players. That's going to come at some point for Geelong. Is it that time now? I don't think so, but it's coming.
2: So if you can't change your list, can you change your style?
4: Yes. Uh, yes, you can change your style. Absolutely you can. And that be that's a learning experience. This is a group... You are a product of your environment both with the culture which is second to none in the competition i'm not taking anything away from that but you are a product and that is what you want to ultimately build in finals that you without thinking execute in a way that you have been taught since you got to this football club i think you can well the question is does chris scott believe it because it's easy for us to sit here and this has been spoken about even off the final sorry maybe at half time last night people saying this style isn't going to win you a final or won't win you the ultimate. But I think you can change it and you can tweak it and you can bring assistant coaches in, as we've seen at other football clubs, what they've done at the Sydney Swanson. So we need to be more aggressive and this is what it looks like and this is how we're going to go train it. So I think it's all there. My only asterisk at the bottom is we've had this conversation before and they haven't done what we thought was the right thing for them. So I don't know how they play this out.
5: So gee, the their, new- bottom, their bottom six looked ordinary, though, didn't they, mm. Jared? last night? So, that, so that's – I mean, they always do in a performance <laughs> like do, that. They, they, they do. If you get beaten by 80 in a final, your bottom six to eight look really ordinary. But, gee, some of those players last did look like they belonged on an AFL list, let alone in the best 22 of a prelim final side.
2: So the news for rolled, fast, fresh Vietnamese. No changes to either side tonight. Sam Palpepper is the medical sub for Port Adelaide. Anthony Scott for the Western Bulldogs. Rolled, family-made Vietnamese served – fast and fresh a shout, out, a shout out for flight center win $30,000 worth of holidays now then travel later with flight center that's win now travel later with flight center you can get involved with afl nation across the weekend on the open line thanks to southern phone simplify your life with southern phone mobile plan switch to southern phone afl nations for Athena.
0: you're listening to afl nation for the beaumont tiles trade club And the
2: Western Bulldogs. AFL Nation is for Athena Home Loans. Jared Whateley and Anthony Hudson to call. Kane Corns is at the ground. Nick Del Santo is with us. Win one year's supply of one classic lager. The beer you can count on. Visit ICanWin.com.au. We've chatted to Michael Voss from Port. Let's head inside the Bulldogs camp with the Chief Executive of Amit Baines. Amit, great to have you on AFL Nation.
7: Thanks for having me, Jared.
2: How's How are diplomatic relations with South Australian health, would you say, right <laughs> now?
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
7: um, oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Probably on a par with a few state health uh, departments at the moment, but, um, you know, we understand we're in the middle of a pandemic and need to, uh, need to adjust because um, some of those things haven't been ideal for high performance, obviously.
2: Was, were you surprised a little bit by the restrictions that, uh, that you were subjected to?
7: Uh, I think we were only because of what we had um, in what we had perceived were, were harsher states, perhaps, in terms of some of the other requirements. So, um, yeah, look, we, uh, as we've done all, all the time, just got on with things and got to stretch the legs at the ground today. Not so much a uh, captain's on our training, obviously, on game day, but still an opportunity to uh, get some fresh air and acquaint ourselves with uh, the venue.
2: So, has it been confined to rooms, bar, that, or have you had communal areas? No, nah, it's been more generous than that. We we have had communal areas, so it was an opportunity to have dinner
7: together last night, watch the game, um, the other game, and get together again today. So um, not not as bad as uh, those restrictions were in Queensland, anyway.
4: I mean, I'm sure it's been challenging for you and also the playing group. Have you or has Bevo enforced any rules that you don't speak about? All the things that haven't gone wrong that that would have brought in this, I guess, sense of negativity, knowing full well what you've had to go through.
7: Yeah, no, it's a really good. And I think, you know, you take the cue from um, Bevo's press conference last week. It sort of gives you a good insight into the way in which he and Chris Brown and others have handled internally and not, you know, to play the victor card, not the victim card. And to to use some of those things as a a galvanising force. um, I think the one thing that's been really apparent has been the the really strong unity and and, uh, connection within the group. And each of these things are just stepping stones on on the way to... uh, hopefully larger glory and if you asked anyone in our group would you rather be on the road facing these hurdles and still playing or, or not here at
4: all um it's a pretty clear answer i mean bevo is is famous for creating themes and stories and drawing relations to other things that are happening around the world are, are you privy to what he's done this week to get this group focused for tonight uh
7: yeah look i am and it, it, it really does play to that um of connection and and the journey that we've been on um it's obviously been a a really long and and difficult year for for everyone across the country and and within our industry you know that's been a a microcosm of that as well so it's really just maintaining that that theme and you know banking on the fact that we've worked so hard we've come so far um and, and here's another enormous challenge tonight
5: there must be some extreme confidence in the medical team with the work Stefan Martin has done. He hasn't played for a long time, as we know. Can you take us inside that and how risky this selection is? Yeah, look, Kane, he's been back for
7: a while you know, in a full training sense and obviously had an opportunity to play um, in that um, TFL scratch match against Sydney um, before we got on the road the week before the finals. And, um, you know, as you've seen from the commentary, there have been um, mixed views about how he was coming along but I think what's given everyone confidence and, and most importantly, Stefan um, and the coaching group has been the way that he's trained in the last couple of weeks um, you know, trained really strongly he's got a lot of confidence in himself he's, he's obviously an incredibly experienced player who is um, well versed with what it takes to get him to the best again um, so look, he, he comes in tonight fifth, expecting a, a great game from him
5: and Alex Keith's Tammy was a bit out of the blue uh, for us. So they're usually three weeks. Does, does that rule him out for the grand final, do you think, if you get through tonight? I think he'll have to... Obviously, he'll need to be assessed, but he had
7: hamstring tightness more than anything else out of the game. And he himself was really keen to play. And, um, you know, great attitude, still pushing the medical staff on Thursday to, to get the nod. But there's so much on the line and, and giving me question about Steph before, you know... Um, you just can't take a risk at this stage of the season, so we, we would expect him to be available
4: um, with another two weeks rest. Mate, I mate, mean, it is great to finally see Chris Bell earning some money this week. And the other <laughs> one that has uh, a huge, a huge opportunity tonight is Marcus Bonson Pally, and we would assume that he's not at a hundred percent. So, what is a fair expectation from his performance?
7: Oh no, I think, I think you'd be surprised at uh, how well he's responded. Um, clearly, there were some nervous moments post-game. I think he's. Lack of celebration on the final siren last week indicated how nervous he was, um, but certainly since the, the scans came back clear from any structural damage and as the weeks progressed and the soreness disease, um, he, he's been right um, to train. Um, I think you might have seen some of the, the sneaky vision that was taken at, at training out at the Eagles on Thursday, did all the speed and agility stuff, no problem. So... He's right to go. Um, he'll play midfield predominantly and, you know, we expect him to lead us like he's done all year.
4: Was there any conversation at all about giving him this week off, which would ultimately give him three if he were to get through tonight? Was that ever part of the conversation?
7: No. Once he once he improved over the week and did what he was able to do at training on Thursday, um, the sort of conversation moved on from injury and was really about uh, the role he played today.
4: How's the group feeling Off the back of everything that's happened, you've got another huge challenge tonight. Have you got a sense of how the group is approaching this massive game?
7: Oh, they've been remarkable. Um, You know, know, going back to the question earlier around how much do we talk about what we've had to go through, we haven't really, other than to to harness some of that. um, You know, I was talking to someone in a different context today, away from the players, and when we arrived in Adelaide last night, it was our fifth state in 14 days, so... You know, it has been arduous, um, but there's a real resolve for this group. And um, we know we're playing an opponent that has a had a week off, um, has been outstanding, particularly in the back half of the season, and it's going to be a really enormous challenge. But we do have a good record at the venue. And um, in terms of our time on the road this year, every time we've had to uh, um, spend an extended time on the road, including during the final series, um, we've won. So, you know, from that perspective, there's a lot of confidence within the group.
3: Amit, what have you seen as your main role during this whole sort of period, the last you know, four to six weeks particularly, I suppose?
7: Yeah, I, th- I think in a football context, it's very much been a, a supportive role. Um, you know, Chris Grant does an amazing job leading our entire footy program and sevo and from a, a coaching performance perspective is exceptional as well. So my role's really been to provide a lot of the support and guidance along the way and, and probably got my hands most dirty with respect to some of the the quarantine arrangements and um, travel arrangements um, in those negotiations and discussions with uh, the AFL and, and different state governments so um, yeah apart from that try and stay out of the way uh, uh, on game day and things like that and Yeah, just be there,
3: get on board upon. And normally, you know, you'd be in this situation where you think you're a week away from, uh, or uh, a few hours away from potentially making a grand final. You'd be thinking about how do we maximise profits and those sort of things. Can you actually think about things like merchandise and other sort of plans if you make it, or do you, given that you sort of can't do what you normally can, or you don't even worry about that until you get to it? No, I think
7: you've, you've got a plan. And with, you know, our guys back in Melbourne, I think that that's been... The brilliant thing for our people back in Melbourne who, you know, are such an integral part of the footy club that are unable to join us clearly with uh, with us being on the road and the, the um, COVID constraints. So they've been really active in planning week by week. You know, you, you can't um, avoid planning for things and, and get scared about jinxing things or anything like that. So they've continued to do that, but it's clearly planning for things in a different way and, and you know, running a lot of virtual events. So even today we had a... A session with two of our biggest toady groups, which was done virtually with uh, um, a few of us up here, as well as uh, Josh Bruce, who was kind enough to join us from Melbourne. So, just finding new and innovative ways to connect, not only with our people but with all of our fans uh, across the country.
2: So, depending on the result, do you do you fly either Perth tomorrow or back home tomorrow? Is that how it works?
7: Yeah. So if we if we win, um, back to Perth tomorrow. Um, if uh, we do lose, we'll have to run some form of exit process while we're here and then work out what comes next. Um, I think just going back to the inconsistency of the health departments, we're, we're clean for everywhere come tomorrow morning, except WA because um, our quarantine are reset uh, for WA purposes um, when we spent two nights in Brisbane, if you can believe it. So um, if, if we win, we'll go back into quarantine for another week in, in Perth and then come out around final week. So um, yeah, just an amazing little uh, little hurdles along the way. But you know, as I said, the guys have embraced it and uh, are really hoping that they have to do quarantine for another week unsurprisingly.
4: Yeah. I mean, have you sh- tried to show the ultimate sign of positivity by leaving bags in Perth? Have you only <laughs> just brought over your plane kit for tonight?
7: <laughs> we, we didn't have much choice. No, Every, everything's here. Um, but as, I think the way in which that's been handled is that other than behind the scenes taking care of what we need to with uh, if we don't win, um, we haven't really spoken about that um, in, in a plain sense or with the players at all. So, yeah, try, try to shield them from that, but obviously plan for both eventualities.
2: I was pondering on crunch time today. If there's one pre-match address in my whole life, I would like to observe it would be Bevo in this one. Will you get to see it, Amit? Where, where will you be when he gives his final address to the players?
7: Uh, I actually came out of it to take, uh, as in it concluded, I came out and put things to do. Okay.
2: Um, and, <laughs> That's...
7: And, and, and my, uh, as in I, I got to attend the whole thing, and um, my legs were shaking. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Just the, the energy in the room, not just from him, but from the players as well. Around where we are, you know, you get, you know, someone in my position, you get unbelievably nervous and anxious. You've got zero control over what's about to happen, but. Equally, you're just bloody excited to play. Um, You know, it's an amazing venue, Adelaide Oval. Porn supporters are phenomenal with the way they um, sound and the atmosphere they create. So what a bloody great opportunity for our guys to to run out there tonight and put our best foot forward.
2: Terrific. Thanks for your time, Amit. Good luck for tonight. Thanks, Jen. Good Um, calling. Amit Baines, the Chief Executive of the Western Bulldogs.
4: So complex and you know, even learning some more about what they've had to go through this week and knowing a little bit about Marcus and the injury last week about struggling to get something as simple as ice. To be able to ice his knee every couple of hours was the difficulty to be able to get food and get the, the food and drink that they need because they've been going everywhere. I didn't even realise there was the other complexities thrown on top of it. You know, so... It makes the challenge even greater off the back That's of booking, isn't it? It's great. Two, cr-
3: two days in Brisbane, you've got to reset the clock. Can't they just squirt them or something on the way through? <laughs>
4: no, yeah, anyway. Clean
2: for everywhere. Yeah. Except, it, except per- Perth. So if they lose, there'll be stowaways, won't there? Yeah. No, I'm not going back to Melbourne. There's nothing <laughs> in Melbourne for me. Yeah. Given that, uh, yes, if you do come back, you're stranded here and potentially, well, we won't You can't fly in regional out. Victoria, can you, if you've them clean? <laughs> yes. Oh. Who knows? Who knows? So, uh, yeah, the um, the inconsistencies around what health authorities around the country have done have bedevilled a lot of us. Mm. And um, elite sports moved around the country, whilst most of us haven't. So they've sort of borne the brunt of it to a degree.
4: They have been clearly the biggest loser out of the last four to five weeks. It's just unfortunate. But by saying that, they had so many opportunities in the regular season to put themselves in that top four and probably would have hubbed all gone straight to Perth. But it is what it is, and as a player, you don't make any excuses, anytime, anywhere sort of attitude. And as we just touched on and heard from Amit, they've got a huge opportunity tonight to have a huge impact on this year.
2: Why, Kane, are we at 50% capacity tonight rather than something a little bolder? <laughs> Ger-
5: Ger- Gerard, we, we as you just said, the, the inconsistencies between health departments in this country is, is amazing, really. I heard the Premier grilled about this. During the week, he doesn't make the decisions. Uh, SA Health and uh, the Police Commissioner Grant Stevens makes the decisions, unfortunately, so there's no real leadership from Stephen Marshall. He's he's at the hands of his health department who are extremely cautious, as we've seen. As I said, you can have 150 indoors at a wedding at capacity, but you can't have um, that capacity at an outdoor stadium. It, ma- it makes... No sense. Um, they're they're ultra cautious, of course, and I, I can semi-understand it, but it just, it just doesn't make any sense. Where you can walk into a cafe like I was at this morning, that's 100% full indoors, but you can't have 100% capacity of the stadium that's outdoors with masks on.
2: We're at the mercy of the nervous Nellies, and we have been for yep. quite some time. Experience the convenience of buying your new Hyundai online with Hyundai's Click to Buy. It's easy to compare models, configure your Hyundai, and make a deposit online through the secure Click to Buy process. Search Click to Buy for details. So we'll take our last break and then we'll set ourselves up. Is we are, what are we, 26 minutes away from the opening siren of the Adelaide Oval Preliminary Final. Port Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs about to meet. This is the pregame show for Ringers Western, bred on a cattle station in the Kimberley to withstand the Aussie life.
0: You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club.
2: Club. Soon enough, they'll be out on Adelaide Oval to begin the warm-ups for Ream Installer Ream, Australia's favourite in hot water. So before we delve deep, we'll get a, a points bit update as well. A little bit in the trade space. So Michael Gleeson published a story late today in the age that two Richmond key forwards are poised to leave the club. Callum Coleman-Jones has been sought by Gold Coast and North Melbourne, and his decision's about to be made, and Mabior Chola's been sought by Essendon and North Melbourne. But, uh, yes, he's got them both poised to leave, which Mm. I think would disappoint most Tigers fans if they were to lose both.
4: Yeah, you're right. And it also creates that little bit of, I guess, lack of depth. And we saw both of them have moments this year where they were significant and extremely important. And you look at the transition that the Tigers will go through. We've just spoken about the Cats for half an hour. Now the Tigers are in a similar conversation about how much longer can this go for. So then you start to look to that next crop. And who is that next crop? You just had two players named that you think, well... Here's more of an opportunity. This is an opportunity to get 20, 30, 40 games into these plays for them to be able to be more consistent than what they currently are. So, yeah, that it takes away from them now, but it's also their future if those two players were to leave. Who's
3: more valuable out of those two, Kane, do you think?
5: Well, oh, just the, the the player that can play forward like Chol can, but also Ruck. I mean, every team wants one. Because you, you, a lot of teams aren't prepared to play two rucks, but they like their ruckman to have a rest. So if you can rest forward and be equally as effective there, they're just so valuable. So he, he's probably, I think, Callum Coleman Jones probably has a bigger future in terms of holding down a key position. But um, Chol for that versatility that he gives you is vital. And Nan Curvis and is only 26, but he looks at times like he's 36. So you know how much footy he's actually got left in him and who's after him if he does get injured again. Um, yeah, their, their structure will be interesting next year, the Tigers. Jordan Dawson
2: is coming to South Australia. It feels like Port Adelaide has the yeah. inside running there. What a pickup that would be.
5: Huge, Jared. I, look, it's a big blow to Adelaide. I, I don't know what, what happens with them because they've had a crack at a lot of players recently that have opted to go to Port Adelaide, even dating right back to Jared Pollock, Chose Port Adelaide over the Crows and Fantasia last year the same. For him to do that, Port Adelaide don't necessarily need him. i looking at Bonner and Byrne Jones and Burton and Houston across half-back. Lockie Jones is the the first-year player with the Muller that you'd remember that's been injured, so he's going to play next year. So, yeah, he plays up on the wing, but... Third in their best and fairest, uh, in the perfect age bracket with the right amount of experience. So that's just a, a huge get. They they do have they have cleared room in their salary cap, so it doesn't surprise me. It's more how they get a deal done will be interesting.
4: And one of the best kicks in the competition as mm. it sure. currently it's stands a big as well blow to Sydney. Isn't it's it? a huge blow. And you think about the way that their games evolved as the dogs run out onto the ground, but you think about the way the Swans game has evolved in the ball use. It is perfect for the skill set
5: that he has. So that is a huge loss.
2: Well, so if they could get it done for 17, it feels like a
5: steal to me. It I think it, so, yeah. yeah. be uh, would they – yeah, there may be – you know how it works. It's not usually just a straight 17 yeah. for him. There'll be some back-ended picks and all of that. But if if, if they do get that, then it's it's a huge – because he'll you, play wing. I, I do like him up the ground. He kicked three in a game late in the season, and his yeah. delivery inside 50 is – as good as any of the comps. So maybe centre-forward centre is perhaps what they've sold to him in a role that he could play.
2: And were you surprised that Jake Kelly is uh, out of Adelaide and going to nominate Essendon?
5: Not necessarily. Uh, I think Adelaide would have liked to have kept him, but he's yeah he's got some limitations to his game. He's, he's terrific culturally, and he's such a workhorse, and he's one of the hardest trainers, but you're always nervous when he gets the footy in his hands. Like He, he does turn the footy over a lot. He's good one-on-one. So I don't think Adelaide have shown him, you know, the love that he probably was after. And if you can get a, you know, a longer term deal back at home, then you know it's probably one that's a, a win win for both. He's
4: the sort of player that you need to find a really good matchup and a role for him week in week out that you can say, Cal, this is your yeah, opponent done. for the week. I don't have to worry about it for the next two hours. He's that sort of player that'll just go and give his maximum effort. Often beats that person, and then you can work around him. So. Do the Bombers necessarily need him? No, probably not. But is he a reliable player that you'd think would play every week? Absolutely.
2: Kenny's having his last word to the Port Adelaide players in the rooms. They'll be out on Adelaide Oval in a moment's time. Experience the convenience of buying your new Hyundai online with Hyundai's Click to Buy. It's easy to compare models, configure your Hyundai, and make a deposit online through the secure Click to Buy process. Search Hyundai. Click to buy for details. Let's uh, grab the points bet updates.
0: and odds update. Proudly brought to you by PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
2: G'day punters. Elliot from PointsBet previewing the second prelim tonight, Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs. Port Adelaide, their favorites $1. thirty-seven $1.37 head-to-head with us at PointsBet at the moment. The Doggies outside is $3.20. 16.5 points start on the line. Port pretty popular here today. That line shifting two and a half points towards them. Total match points over or under 151.5. Touch of money coming for the under tonight as well. First goal scorer markets, they're always popular with the punters. Charlie Dixon, $9, along with Aaron Norton. Orazio Fantasia is $11 and Robbie Gray, 15 to kick the first goal at points bet tonight. Plus, we've got the same game multi-refund offer. So place a three or more league same game multi. And if it fails, you get your money back in bonus up to $25. Cs do apply, so to find all these markets and plenty more, head to pointsbet.com.au, download the app, and as always, please gamble responsibly. Fireworks are flaring. Port Adelaide
5: have entered the arena, Kane. It's a pretty fine sight. It's a beautiful sight. They've got this (laughs) down to a fine art, this entrance, the song that they play, not giving in, and then the theme song, and then in a moment's time you'll hear Never Tear Us Apart. So the Western Bulldogs midfield going through their paces. It's always intimidating playing at a ground like this is the opposition side you, you tend to want to block that out but you know they're going to be a factor they'll try and shut it out as best they can early tim english doing a lot of the ruck work with Stefan martin who looks fit is no strapping inside and, and their midfield going through their paces that's going to be where it's at tonight one thing that nick and i will look at closely is those contested possession numbers because when port adelaide win it they haven't lost this year We'll, let, 7, you, 0, we'll so. let you
2: rip into it in a few moments' time. Yep. The full preview coming up with Kane Corns and Nick Del Santo ahead of this preliminary final at Adelaide Oval. This has been the pre-game show for Ringers Western. Ringers Western clothing looks great in the city and toughs it out on the land.
0: You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club.